Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. The Law Enforcement Today Radio Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Calling us from Georgia, one of my favorite, if not, I'm counting on one hand how many favorite attorneys I have. <laughs> I, I think I have three fingers left over. One of my favorite attorneys, we have Lance LaRusso, the Blue Line lawyer. Lance, how you doing? Thanks for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Thanks for having me back. It's good to have you back. We did an interview with you, man, it seemed like ages and ages ago i'm glad we finally got back in touch a couple things came up one that got my attention right away is you recently wrote something on social media about why you think that law enforcement officers and first responders need to be treated with more respect would you elaborate on that Sure, and, and I was uh, very happy it was shared a bunch of times. I put it on Facebook and a bunch of different places. And uh, my Facebook uh, page is actually Lance LaRusso. It's not Blue Line Lawyer. But the bottom line, I was watching um, the stories of officers being shot at, and it occurred to me that people just don't understand when an officer puts out an officer needs help call, every one of the officers that responds knows they're going to get shot at. And in that situation that I was writing about, there were two officers who were shot and killed. And the public just does not understand that, you know, the first officer may get surprised. They may stop a car not expecting anything. They may go to a domestic dispute expecting the normal and draw fire. But all of those other officers who respond know exactly what they're in for. They respond knowing that they are needed to protect not only that officer who's under fire, but also the public. And that's sometimes when I say to people, you know, when, when you're asking why are they treated differently in front of a grand jury, why do we look at their use of force differently, why do we give them the benefit of the doubt when there's a shooting that occurs, that's why. That's why in Graham versus Connor, the United States Supreme Court said, we judge the actions of an officer from a reasonable officer, not a reasonable person. 
And that makes a big difference uh, because a reasonable officer, their reactions will be based off not just what you see like on the body camera or by the cell phone video, but it's going to be based off what the other person says. It's going to be based off their the slight body uh, posturing. I remember a long time ago being a rookie cop, getting punched by some guy, and uh, an old timer said to me, listen, if the guy tells you he's going to hit you and it puts his hand in a fist, believe him. <laughs> Very true. You know, uh, you're not paid to get hit first. If you feel an attack is coming, you have to take action. And that's a sign of a reasonable officer. And it's even more. It's their training and their experience. So when you see an officer talking to someone and the person points their feet towards the woods, we know they're fixing to run. Yes. When a person puts their hands in, a, on their, in, a, in their pockets on a traffic stop, that's the reason the officers start moving and draw a weapon if the person refuses to take them out. So, you know, and if the United States Supreme Court can recognize this, nine people who are extremely bright but have never stopped a car at 3.30 in the morning, you know, the public needs to understand that as well and you made a great point when that call comes out uh, officer needs assistance uh, I, I just got done with an interview with a uh, deputy from uh, Oklahoma that went to uh, a, a simple accident scene and he was there normal radio conversation turns out some Oklahoma State troopers were there they're going to handle it and then 10 seconds later a guy who was texting or posting on his Facebook on 75 miles an hour ran into the troopers killing one and severely injuring the other and you could hear his voice change dramatically in the audio and when the audio comes out officer down officer needs assistance it's on and there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting there yeah, the world's going to show up. And, you know, it's interesting in this environment, we hear people criticizing, well, look at all the cops that showed up. And, you know, we have a posse comitatus in the United States. We cannot call the military if things get bad. We don't have a bank robber that's uh, holed up with 17 hostages and wired with dynamite who says, I'm going to kill anybody that comes in here. And the police chief says, you know what, let's call the Navy SEALs. They can deal with this. There is no military coming. The, the last resort for the public to survive instances like that. The last defense of the average citizen in our civilian environment is law enforcement, and that's why they show up in force. And often, and this is why the criticism really has is 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 so bad, because often, um, you know, and I, I train a lot of people all over the United States and from Canada, often the reason that response is perpetrated the way it is with SWAT vehicles is people with any common sense would give up. That's right. It's an it's a overwhelming show of force, hoping that you will back down. That's exactly what we want. We want them to back down. We don't want them to try us on. No, and, you, and no one wants to use force. We all may be ready at some point, and you may know it's coming, or you may suspect it's coming. And I always tell people, the most fearful times for me in law enforcement was when Two scenarios. One was going into raids. We're going to raid an apartment. There's an armed drug gang in there, and you know you're confronting the worst possible scenario. So beforehand, you know the adrenaline's going. You're worried about it. You're fearful. I'm praying. I'm doing all that stuff. You're running through your mind what your assignment is. And the other one, and I'm not going to name names, there was a, a guy in our district who was cut from the Baltimore Colts. He tried out for them, and he got cut because he was tackling everybody, people on the sidelines. And the guy was the nicest guy in the world, huge 
powerful man until he drank alcohol and stopped taking his medicine. And we had a call one day that he had an MTA bus in the middle of winter and he's in his boxer shorts and he's rocking the bus. And we knew that that meant more than likely many of us were going to go to the hospital and about 30 of us showed up and it was it was battle royale until his mother showed up and he calms down. Well, and it's interesting you say that. I've, I've told many folks that there's more prayers said in the front seat of patrol cars than in the back seats. I yeah. know I said my fair share of them. Sure. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting when you mention that in this environment of de-escalation, I've actually written an article called De-Escalation, the Word Du Jour, um, with all the people talking about de-escalation. The bottom line is it takes two people to de-escalate a situation, the officer and the suspect. Right. If the suspect doesn't de-escalate, you know, you're going to wind up getting injured or you're going to go to the hospital. But when it, it really gets under my skin when absolutely ignorant people, and I mean that in the absolute Webster's Dictionary, a large lack of knowledge, which could be cured if they'll just listen. Ignorant people who say when officers show up in force, they're escalating a situation. Nothing could be further from the truth. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense logically. I I get why they say that because it seems they've been conditioned to say that by the media because they hear that all the time. But the truth is, you know, when you have when you play football, when the Atlanta Falcons take on, let's just say, uh, the Carolina Panthers, they all show up in force, and they're all on the sideline, and there's 11 on the field at a time. They don't come and say, okay, I'm going to take on the entire team of one guy. Yeah, and you know, I talk about this in my book, Blue News, and, and as you know, all the profits from my books go to law enforcement charities. Uh, we're a little over $20,000, and, and by the way, I've got a new book coming out probably right uh, before uh, Christmas. But, you know, when we look at uh, these situations, and you said the media is influencing them, it's more than that. It's people that think they know about law enforcement and don't have a clue. I was uh, dealing with an officer who uh, someone tried to indict for uh, or tried to get arrested for uh, murder after he shot someone in a justifiable shooting. And the lawyer cross-examining the officer, the criminal defense lawyer cross-examining the officer, said, well, don't you have to say drop it or I'll shoot before you fire? And me, the DA, the judge, and the witness, who happened to be a GBI agent, looked at this guy like, what planet are you on? Yeah. You know, that's one too many episodes of Adam-12 there, Skippy. That's absolutely right. We're, we're talking with Lance LaRusso, attorney, former law enforcement officer, a great guy. We'll get into more about his law firm and uh, his, we call him the Blue Line Lawyer. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 Eight hundred nine four eight six eight one seven. Eight hundred nine four eight six eight one seven. That's eight hundred nine four eight sixty eight seventeen. We all know that law enforcement. 
First responders and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. Rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with their rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now. 800-957-6068-800-957-6068-800-957-6068. That's 800-957-6068. Back to our conversation with attorney Lance LaRusso, uh, the Blue Line lawyer. Uh, Before we forget, what is your law firm's website address? It's LaRussoLawFirm.com, L-O-R-U-S-S-O LawFirm.com, and my blog is BlueLineLawyer.com. And you are based out of the Atlanta, Georgia area? Yeah, based out of Atlanta. We have an office in Columbus, Georgia as well. I've actually had a chance to refer some people to you saying, listen, I don't know if he practices in an area, but I'm sure he'll have someone that he's familiar with. So if an officer is listening in California and goes, I, I need a guy like Lance LaRusso, can they contact you and refer out or do you sure, have some I'll sort of find networking? someone. Uh, you know, I'm the general counsel for the Georgia Fraternal Order of Police. So there's a network of office, a network of lawyers from the Fraternal Order of Police. I can usually help them find someone have actually started doing some expert witness work because, quite frankly, in the use of force realm, there are some experts out there who are experts only by the definition of the fact that they travel 50 miles with a briefcase. And they get paid. Yeah, they have no idea. You know, if they have gray hair and an accent, I guess that makes them even more impressive. Uh, You are so right about that. And this is the conversation I had. My wife, God bless her, she, before marrying me, had really no experience with police, so to speak. She grew up in a small town in Connecticut and knew the officers there and it was a very friendly environment. And uh, she's over the years learned a little bit, but from my perspective, one of the things that does not get talked about enough, and I'm sure you've encountered this in your law practice representing 
law enforcement officers is why is there a difference between a law enforcement officer having to use deadly force than some cat on the street? Sure. And what's interesting is uh, there is a, a huge difference because that's what they're paid to do and they're sworn to do under the proper circumstances. So we expect officers to use force when it's appropriate. We expect them to not use it when it's not appropriate. But the bottom line is they are the they're the, the last guardian hope that people have when they call 911 because they're under threat. Now, this is another misconception that we've dealt with. I've had people say, well, the laws surrounding uh, use of force for officers are different. Well, very, very rarely. In two situations, it's different. Law enforcement officers can use deadly force to stop someone who's escaping from a correctional institute. And whether or not Garner versus Tennessee, the fleeing felon rule applies to private citizens, we can all go out and have a beer and talk about. But generally, law enforcement officers use deadly force the same way that private citizens do. They use it to protect themselves or a third party or to prevent a forcible felony. And when you look at it in that situation, the distinction is that the private citizen always has the ability to run. In most states, they're not obligated to run. That's what the stand your ground laws are all about. You don't have to leave when someone's trying to kidnap someone in a parking lot. But law enforcement officers get called to those situations And because of their oath, they do not have the option to say, you know, that looks a little scary. You know, this Jay Wiley guy's in trouble. I don't really know him. So he can fend for himself as being as he's being dragged into uh, the trunk of a car. And I think that's why they're looked at differently. And the other situation is when they're called, let's say an active shooter situation at a school, we would find it contrary to our values for the officer to say, I'm not going in there because it's dangerous. You have an obligation to go do that. And the big difference we were always taught was if I'm a Joe Blow citizen, which I am now retired, if I see something going on the street and I walk out there armed, I'm deliberately putting myself in that scenario. The law enforcement officer is called to go there and doesn't have a choice. They have to handle it. Right, and it's interesting. Uh, one of the uh, school shootings in Florida, there was a law enforcement officer who was out uh, working on striping one of the fields uh, as an assistant coach, and he had to borrow a firearm from one of the responding officers because the school district wouldn't let him carry a gun on the property. And that's the idiocracy that we see with believing that officers, uh, you know, there's no reason for them to carry a gun if they're off duty. You know, you talked about logic. Logic has no influence or sway with some of these folks. They're dealing with pure emotion, and they're starting with a point of ignorance. Uh, yeah, and a lot of them are under the, the influence of heavy-duty medication, uh, whether it be street or prescribed drugs, and the, the intellect, what intellect they have, has been deadened, and they're running off pure narcotic high and crazy emotions. Yeah, and it's an interesting situation. I mean, I've had officers who have been told to leave when they were dropping their kids off at preschool in uniform because they weren't allowed to bring a gun in the building because they weren't there on a call. I mean, that's just dumb. It, it doesn't make much sense at all. But then again, not not a whole lot seems to make sense anymore. I, I remember being you know a young kid in Norfolk, Virginia, and we didn't see that many police, number one. We didn't have as many as we do now crime was different back then 
I'm convinced of that. I, I don't know if I, I don't have the, the, the numbers in front of me, but it was different back then. And no one gave second thought that that officer had a big 38 revolver or a 357 revolver on their hip. It was expected. It was a Norman Rockwell painting. We all knew it. And it was accepted. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you've got a gun. That makes you a threat. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, I speak uh, uh, usually about once time, one time a year at a uh, law enforcement leadership conference in Newport News, and uh, it's great to meet those folks and see the uh, the folks from that area. And you're absolutely right. I mean, the that dialogue, for lack of better, wasn't that politically correct? That dialogue that has taken over, where the officer that's trusted when they're on shift carrying a firearm off shift is somehow dangerous. We've seen that in stadiums throughout the United States. We've yeah. seen that at school functions. And what's really funny is on the opposite end, we have principals and pastors who have gone up to um, to officers and saying, you're carrying your gun tonight, aren't you? Because, you know, we look to those folks. And the other problem for the officers, and this is the, the other thing that your listeners who wear a badge or formerly wore a badge, you're going to react. You can't yes. turn it off. No. You know, if there's Even an after all these years, I can't shot, turn it you're off. You're going to run towards it. You better be prepared to do something. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't go into a lot of details, but for many, many years, I got used, once I retired, I got used to not having a, a carry permit and not carrying. And then I watched the news and I watched about Sandy Hook in Connecticut. Right. And I just, I know me and I know how I am. And I knew that if I was in the area, something that like that happened, I would go in unarmed and just like some of those teachers did, have to face down some lunatic with a gun, totally unarmed and, and unprepared. And I could not not do it. I'd have to do it. The option is not being able to live with yourself after. That's exactly right. And you don't have time. Remember you said... The prayers before going on the, the, the raid, the prayers before going on that call you knew was bad. It's like, okay, this is going to hurt. The question is how bad. When something happens quickly in front of you, there's not time, at least in my experience, there wasn't time to process it, think about it. Oh, I got to get scared first. No, you go do what you got to do. And then afterwards, then you get the flood of emotions. Then you get all that stuff going on. Yeah, and it's interesting, too. You know, as we sit here, um, you're, the city of Florence, South Carolina, is just going through a, a horrendous tragedy and trying to move through it. And it occurred to me that a lot of folks don't really understand why an officer from Georgia would travel to South Carolina or fly to New York or California for the funeral of somebody they never met. And uh, I heard your interview recently with... Officer, Duda, Officer Kudak's widow from Tampa Springs, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome interview. And, you know, the bottom line is they recognize that they took the same risks. They recognize partially whether it's true or not. It's their understanding that they are the only ones who are going to put themselves in danger. Now, we can talk about some, some funny situations where private citizens have come to back up officers. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of wonder sometimes if the bad guys are a lot better off that we handled it than the private citizen who showed up. Unfortunately, I'm going to cut you off because I think we need to have that conversation. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning? When you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. 
Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you qualify to receive a free, no-obligation consultation on how to get rid of that debt for good. Call the Debt Helpline now. We work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-948-6817 That's 800-948-6817 There are many sounds in your daily life. Ones that make you smile. <laughs> Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866 866- 334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. We are joined by Lance LaRusso, attorney, former police officer, also known as a Blue Line Lawyer. That's the name of his blog, Blue Line Lawyer, author, represents uh, police officers all throughout the state of Georgia. And he said, now you're doing a lot of expert work when it comes to use of force as well. When we first did an interview a while ago, one of the things you you brought up that I don't think gets talked about enough, I know doesn't get talked about enough, is you talked about the point of view of the body camera compared to how limited it is compared to the personal visual view of the officer and how that's different, especially in court. Right, and we're actually going to see this brought to the news even more because now there's an app that people can use when they get stopped to uh, surreptitiously record officers. And and most officers I know don't really care if they're recorded. But, you know, there's two problems with saying that a body camera is going to um, give the same point of view of the officer. First of all, body cameras do not have peripheral vision. They also use a fisheye lens, which distorts the distance that's seen on the picture. They also see differently in low light and no light. And then in addition, the second point is those body cameras are not positioned at the officer's eye, so therefore they will not even have the same perspective. But most importantly is body cameras do not shift focus and attention the way the human eye does. So we constantly search for threats. We walk into a room, uh, we walk into a business, we're constantly looking for threats. Officers, when they get to the scene of a domestic dispute, are constantly looking for threats. The body camera just looks forward. Right. If the officer finds a threat, if the officer believes there's a threat, they will focus on that threat to the exclusion of all other things. And that means they may not be able to tell you about the person who walked through their field of view. They may not be able to tell you what somebody standing next to them was wearing because they were solely focused on that threat. Absolutely. And I, I can tell you from my own experience that you get tunnel vision. And it, there's also a sensory, uh, I don't want to say deprivation, but it's like uh, auditory 
Uh, Auditory exclusion. It, it, it's funny because I remember being in a really bad shooting situation, and my partner, I could hear him in the background, but it's almost like it was a television on in another room. You could hear, but it was like it's the volume's lowered. Yeah, there's also um, variations in that. I knew from being on the street that auditory exclusion hit me pretty quickly. It really had no I, no difference as to whether I tried to calm myself down or not. It just hit quickly for me. It's a it's a psychological disturbance. It's not really tied to your heart rate or anything else. And I've had situations where two officers are in the same room. One of them had complete auditory exclusion. The other one did not. Isn't that weird? It is weird, but you know, that's a function of a lot of different things. It's a function of what the officer was taking in at the time. It's a function sometimes of their past training and experience, and it's also a function of their understanding of the situation that they're in. The problem is when we try to cross-examine an officer with what the body camera saw, or we say, well, Wiley, what did you hear inside the house? And you say, I didn't hear anything, but we listen to the body camera audio and we know that other words were spoken. People can try to spin that to say the officer is lying when they're not. They're giving you their honest recollection of what their body has imprinted and allowed them to record. And the first reaction so many people have, and it's really propagated by the media as well, is that officer is being untruthful. Exactly. And we talk about this in in, uh, When Cops Kill, the distortion that happens. And I also talk about, in my book, When Cops Kill, I also talk about this in Blue News. And this is why departments need to tell their own story. If you have a situation where an officer is cleared and it's not getting the press coverage it should, or you're still not getting people telling the truth, you have the power of social media. You have your own website. You have a YouTube channel. You can put that information out. If you're told, or like in California where they have to put video out in most instances after a fixed period of time, don't release a body camera video without some sort of an explanation or without a narration. Put that camera footage up on a screen with one of your trainers examining exactly what happened, what the officer was seeing, what they're trained to do. We need to start educating the public more and not throwing the tape to the wolves for people to dissect themselves. It's also good. I've seen them take and they stop it and they show where the gun is. They'll put a circle around it. The NFL does that all the time with the Telestrator and NASCAR is doing it. And certain departments are getting very, very sharp and they're saying they'll stop and say, there, there's a little circle. You'll see the gun in their hand there. And then they resume the video. You're absolutely right. They've got to be more proactive. And we can be an avenue for them at law enforcement today. Between our social media page, our website, if they have body camera video, they want to get out because they're a smaller agency. The negative goes really fast, so we can help provide a lot of firepower when it comes to the positive. If they need an avenue to explain the video, we'd be more than happy to do that. Just reach out to me. Send me an email, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com, or send a message on our Facebook page as well. And this is one of the reasons why I encourage people to go to forcescience.com. You mentioned, it's interesting, you talked about football and baseball and NASCAR. Everybody recognizes that things can happen so quickly in a game that you have to have a narrator draw for you where the ball went. Yeah. But at the same time, those same people will say, well, how could the officer not see the gun in someone's hand? How could they not, you know, understand what was going on? And, you know, there are, there are parallels we can draw to human response in professional athletes. And I'll give you an example. I was watching a game, and the shortstop caught a line drive, 
pivoted almost in midair. He basically planted his foot and pivoted and threw the runner out at first base. Now, the reason he's able to do that is not just because he's an amazing athlete and he's a professional. It's because first base is in the same place it's been since he was playing Little League. That's right. Nothing's you changed. You can't hold a law enforcement officer to that same level of agility or that same level of response when every one of the variables in their world changes. And it changes without any predictability. There, there's nothing more unpredictable than uh, human beings. And, and by the way, they do it in the dark. Yes. They can't even see first base when they're trying to figure out where the bad guy went. You know, my wife is going back to her. She keeps saying, like, we live out in the country. She's like, I'm afraid to walk out here. I'm like, why? At night, she goes, well, there might be some wild animals. I said, I'm more afraid of people than I'm animals. <laughs> animals are far easier to deal with than, than some crazed lunatic. That's true. You know, as unpredictable as wild animals are, at least they're predictable in one thing. If they see a threat, they go the other way. They usually do. They usually do. And it's not always that case with people. And one of the things, I believe we talked about this before, and we're going to take a break here in a moment, but this is why it's so important to do our best as communities to keep our experienced law enforcement officers on the job where they can help influence and train the younger ones and not be picked off by other agencies you can't teach everything in the academy a lot of it is taught on the street absolutely you know there's a 90 percent drop in recruiting right now we need to take advantage of the people that were there we need to train them properly and then we need to keep them yeah. by supporting them at every opportunity yeah a lot of that is financial and also things like you know what would be a big help? And I was talking with someone in law enforcement not that long ago. He said, having child care available for law enforcement personnel with their crazy schedules, because the rest of the business world doesn't operate on the same time clock. Something as simple as that can go a long way in keeping experienced officers. Absolutely. And it usually is the small things. And that's one of the things I tell people who are listening uh, you know, to any broadcast. One of the small things you can do to help your community is thank a law enforcement officer when you see them. You have no idea what that means to them. You have no idea what those calls have been that day. You know, I can remember a, a call that I went to, a, a person down call that did not survive the CPR the fire department was doing. My day was shot. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Right. But, you know, a couple of people was around Christmas. They came up. They said, hello, how you doing while I was eating lunch. It meant all the difference in the world. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Lance LaRusso, the Blue Line lawyer. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Rates based on a man age 42 with no tobacco use of any form for 20 years. Policy number 25. Policy underwritten by various life insurance companies. Premium includes a $50 policy fee. Rates and underwriting criteria subject to change at any time. Not available in some states. You've heard those term life insurance ads with the rates read very low. And at the end, they have a long disclaimer read extremely fast. Why? Because most people like us will never qualify for those rates. It's just a way to get you to call. Listen, at the term lifeline, we'll never quote you a low rate hoping you'll call. Then try to sell you something else. But we do promise to get you the best rates of available on policies of $500,000 or more with professional service. Don't waste your valuable time. Get the real rates you want on term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more from the Term Lifeline. Call now. 800-957-6068-800-957-6068-800-957-6068. That's 800-957-6068. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. 
No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Home Security Advisors. Call 866-334-6387. They're online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Is your home as secure as it should be? If not, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387. There's no price you can put on safety and peace of mind for you and your family. Protect your valuables, gain remote access to your home, reduce your homeowner's insurance, and deter criminals. High-tech security options for low cost. To get more information, call Home Security Advisors, 866-334-6387, or visit them online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Call 866-334-6387. That's 866-334-6387. 866-334-6387. Online at help.lockitdowntoday.com. Joining us on the phone from Atlanta, Georgia area, Lance LaRusso, attorney at law, former law enforcement officer, blue line lawyer, all around good guy. Earlier, you brought up in the conversation, Florence, South Carolina, and what happened there not that long ago. And I just saw video from a local news agency, and they showed one of the officers who uh, was out of the hospital, recuperating at home. He'd been shot, and he was on his front porch in a chair, and there was a line of people, must have been 30 people in line, waiting to say thank you, bringing him cookies. And it actually brought a tear to my eyes. Like, why don't we see more of that? Well, you're absolutely right. And this is what uh, I, I represented two cops who got injured badly by a, uh, a drugged up driver that tried to kill both of them. And they said they didn't cook for like three weeks because people were <laughs> leaving food for them. Yeah. But what I think the biggest message law enforcement can get, and we need this message right now because we're losing cops at a rapid rate. You know, more than 160 cops have been shot in the line of duty. We always talk about officers who have been killed. More than 160 cops have been shot in the line of duty so far this year. But it's very easy with us losing officers to attrition and they don't want to do it anymore and and people not applying. The public supports you. Don't think for a minute that they don't. And what we get caught up in is the people that you deal with on a daily basis, especially if you work in a high crime area, some of them that support you don't get a chance to tell you because you're not working calls with them. You're working calls with the people who are committing crimes. Right. But the people that live in those houses that you're patrolling, the people in the area that called you, they want you and they need you there. And, you know, that's the people that you were there for to start with. Law enforcement officers need to remember that we see people at their worst possible moments. Things are going wrong for them. Even the good folks that that aren't career criminals, you know, they just have a bad day or a family argument or had too much to drink or had a bad car accident or whatever it might be. They're upset and uh, unfortunately not always in their best behavior. Uh, It's not indicative of how they feel about you the rest of the time. 
Yeah, and I think you see that very much when, uh, you know, they're yelling at you and you're in a uniform, and then somebody else shows up and they start yelling at them because they're in a uniform. Yeah, And then, exactly. the, you know, you're a police officer, the sheriff's department happens to come by, and they're in a brown uniform, and they yell at them, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times they're just yelling at the authority. And, and sometimes I had a hard time when I was on the street because sometimes people would say stuff that was so abjectly stupid that I would just start laughing. You know, <laughs> I remember telling someone, they said, you're just, you're just out here to arrest somebody. I said, actually, I remember I was working day shift on a Sunday. I said, actually, I was going to go have breakfast with my beat partner, but since you called us, we're here. Uh, you know, just How to be honest, be? no, yeah. I didn't really want to arrest anybody this morning. No, absolutely. That's that's not the one thing we want to do. Yeah, and I want to go back to Florence, South Carolina, and, and you made a good point. doesn't matter where you are in the United States, say thank you. Uh, a simple wave as they're driving by. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. I, With I, all your I, fingers. Just I, all. Yeah, exactly. Use all your fingers. Um, I wave at cops all the time, and it's really kind of funny. Some of them around here know my tag and know my car, so they wave back. But, you know, I've been out of state. Uh, you know, I was just in South Dakota, and uh, I've, I've been, I was in Missouri teaching earlier this year. And I wave to cops when I see them, and it's kind of funny. I can tell what area I'm in and how, what kind of calls they're responding to, because if they're really slow to wave, it's like, Wow, are they being nice? Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's... It, are they it's flagging really me down? Of, what is that? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, wait, what, what is that? You know, and it's, it's really kind of... Uh, it, it's interesting. I, I mentioned before about people supporting the police. I remember working a uh, suspicious vehicle one time that was called in by somebody. We didn't know who. And when I finished the call, there were these three guys that were sitting from a survey crew uh, up in the corner of the building. It looked like these guys were, were stealing from a truck. And they were in the corner of the parking lot, so I cleared the call. It was fine, and I drove up to see what these guys were doing, and every one of them had a handgun, and I said, uh, what's going on? They said, oh, we called it in. We were going to make sure you were okay. We didn't want you to get hurt. <laughs> you know, I was like, hey, man, I love that. They were like, are you, are you upset? I was like, no, not at all. Carry on. Yeah, I do remember being a young officer and getting into a brawl with some drunken disorderly guy, and a, a cashier at a mom and pop restaurant came out and uh you know assisted me people were more than willing to come help out even when it could have been physically dangerous for them many people did quite often yeah the problem is when they won't give you their name and you've got to explain why the suspect's beaten up that badly it's like i really didn't do it yeah no for this once, guy came up and then wailed on him a few times and then left uh, our department gave a uh, an award to a guy who was driving by when an officer was by the way getting attacked by a dui driver suspect while his wife was trying to pull his ankle gun off his uh his ankle and out of nowhere this private citizen came up and knocked both of them unconscious and we gave him an award and we asked him if he wanted to say something and he said well they were fighting with that officer officer and that wasn't right that's it okay that's awesome let's talk about your books you're a prolific writer how many novels or how many books do you have written now I've got three books out. Uh, when Cops Kill is about, it's called The Aftermath of a Critical Incident. It's about basically what happens to shootings, uh, officer-involved shootings after the smoke clears. I interviewed officers who'd been shot in the line of duty, officers who had shot people, and officer, and also family members. Um, the books are available on Amazon and also uh, bluelinelawyer.com. I also wrote a book called Blue News about the intersection of law enforcement uh, and media. And uh, also I wrote a book, uh, it's a fiction book, 
book about a cop's walk with Christ called Peacemaking. All the profits from these books go to law enforcement charities, and as I said, we've we've cleared about $20,000, and this month I'm putting an anthology of short stories together. They're all cop-based. Uh, some of them I found I had written in 1995, um, back when I was on patrol, um, and all these profits will go to law enforcement, too. And uh, Touch Basement B will have a, an official title, and I'm hoping it'll come out right before the holidays. That sounds like it's going to be a great story, and uh, I, I appreciate all that you do coming on the show and uh, talking to people, and now doing, in addition to your practice, you're doing some expert uh, use of force testimony? Yes, and uh, we actually just started. It's in the uh, the approval stage with the IRS. I'll give you more on it later. But I just started a nonprofit for uh, our public safety in our community. So, you know, these these folks don't have to go without, you know, the, the excellent training class. Or if there's a piece of equipment that's not in the budget, we're going to take care of it. Or the officer who gets injured and, you know, needs a little help with the rent because they can't work their part-time jobs, we're going to get uh, people to jump in there and help them. Excellent. And where can people get more information or contact you? professionally or otherwise? BlueLineLawyer.com or my law firm is uh, LaRussoLawFirm.com and they can also go to my book website which is LanceLaRussoBooks.com and that's L-O-R-U-S-S-O. Lance, thanks so much. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly. We now have two Facebook pages You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Like I said, we've got two Facebook pages now. So when you have a chance, if you haven't done so already, The easiest way to keep up with all the news and updates regarding the Law Enforcement Today radio show, also a great way to interact and contact me, is to like and follow our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. One of the questions I get all the time, what is your show all about? And it's not what most people would think. It's not confrontational. We feature police officers, law enforcement officers, active, retired, spouses, family members, and supporters talking about their experiences from their point of view. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd love to hear from them. And we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. We can uh, record them here at our studios. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the Contact Us tab. Send an email to me, jay at lawenforcementtoday.com or robert at lawenforcementtoday.com. You can also send a message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram and all that stuff too. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. Mm-hmm.